Hello again! If you've heard the last episode, you'll know that I just did that episode and I'm immediately recording the next episode, this episode. So thanks for tuning in. You are listening to Captain Roy's Rocket Radio Show Crash, the UK podcast for the culture geek, technology nerd and creative wizard. This is episode 252, recorded on Monday the 1st of April 2019 at 26 minutes and 34 seconds past midnight. Today, the one specific thing we are talking about is Jordan Peele's latest horror film, Us. I should warn you, there are going to be a few minor spoilers. Let me start off with a little bit of background of why and how I went to see this movie. The why is I thought that Get Out was great, and so did lots and lots of people. Very popular with the horror crowd. And I really liked the trailers to Us. I talked about his first horror film, Get Out, back in episode 187 in 2017. So if you want to listen to that, that's the one to dig into the archives for. And as for the how, I watched Us last Wednesday. I went to a slightly less local but nicer cinema than my nearest one because a friend has a monthly pass which is something I might reconsider. I took as a snack Pocky which is one of my favorite snacks. It's known outside Japan as Mikado and if you haven't had it before it's like these really thin very slightly savoury breadsticks that are thinly coated in chocolate. They're like very, very thin, crispy chocolate fingers. And they are delightful. And stupidly, the second thing that I brought with my Pocky was a strong ice latte. Which isn't really what you want to do when the film starts around 10 o'clock in the evening. I mean, it did keep me up so that I could watch the film without dozing at all. But after the show, when I came home, I was up for hours and hours. I think the trouble is, although I'm a night person, I'm not really used to watching films at night. I tend to be more of a matinee chap because I'm not at my highest energy levels during the day. Watching a film seems to be a nice relaxing thing to do, but it also might account for why I keep dozing off watching a film during the day. Because that is my either natural sleep time or my rhythms have got so messed up now that I don't know what's day and what's night. Yeah, so that's the situation. I wanted to see it because I liked Get Out. I think Jordan Peele's a good director, good creator. And I saw it last Wednesday at quite a pleasant cinema that I had to drive to. (laughs) That took me about, I don't know, about 15 minutes to drive to, as opposed to my local cinema, which would take about five minutes to drive to. Now, we've talked that to death. 
<laughs> what actually happens in the film? Well, let's start off with a clip. That's a classic right there. What does I Got Five on it mean? It's about drugs. It's not about drugs, it's a dope song. Don't do drugs. Get in rhythm. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Can't believe how big Dave got. <laughs> you hear Gabe got a boat? He's kidding, right? He's not kidding. Hey, I think it's vodka clock. Oh, yeah. Where's Jason? I didn't know if you were lost. Stick with me, and I'll keep you safe. There's a family in our driveway. It's probably the neighbors. But y'all scared of a family? Hi, can I help you? Zora, put your shoes on. If you want to get crazy, we can get crazy. What are you people? It's us. They look exactly like us. They think like us. They know where we are. We need to move and keep moving. They won't stop until they kill us. And we kill them. I know, I know, you don't have to tell me, listening to the audio track of a video trailer, bit naff. So allow me. A girl strays into a fun house slash house of horror slash hall of mirrors at a seedy seaside funfair. There she meets her twin and passes out. Years later, a family arrive for their summer holiday at the same seaside resort, and the horror ensues when a sinister family who look a lot like them invade their home. At this point, it's pretty obvious what's happening and what the twist is going to be. What isn't obvious is the reason for all that's happening. Don't worry though, it will be explained at some length by the end of the film. And let me tell you what I thought. I think the thing that really glares out about this is that Jordan Peele really loves the 80s. There is fan service, or more likely that Jordan himself is a fan, 
And so the film references, shoves in Easter eggs of a lot of the same stuff that I like. Even though the 80s were not a picnic, there were things that I find nostalgic. And I find it interesting that he does this because he was born in 1979. But these are things from my teens and young adulthood. So this tells me now that we have younger people like him showing nostalgia for a period in which they were only young children. And this is also the case for the creators of Stranger Things. And I have to wonder, is this some sort of transference from their parents? And those references. Well, for a start, there's the sinister shop-worn Californian beach resort from the 80s that is very much Lost Boys. In Lost Boys, the town is the made-up Santa Clara, doubling for the real Santa Cruz. I don't know why it had to have a fictional town, maybe it was some legal reason, not sure. But here, it's simply the real Santa Cruz, and that cannot be a coincidence. Then there are the Thriller, Black Flag and Jaws t-shirts, and now I want those t-shirts. I mean, I was one of those kids who stayed up to watch Thriller when it was first shown very late night on TV, because it was thought that it may have been disturbing. It wasn't really disturbing at all, it was just fun. And Black Flag, a band that I really like, punk band. Iconic 80s punk band. Henry Rawlins was in it, but even so, it was still good. <laughs> it was a cheap jab, but, you know, Henry Rawlins, he can take it. And Jaws, I've got to say, the Jaws t-shirt was my favourite. And then the Scissors. Well, that is surely another horror trope. Look at their use in the movie adaptation of Stephen King's The Dead Zone, and they're almost parodied in Edward Scissorhands. I'm sure there's a reason that they're in the film, along with the red uniforms, but... I only saw it once, and it was at night, and my excuse is that I may have missed something. Or that it was left on the cutting room floor. I really don't know. And more so because I have been avoiding reviews so that you can get your hands on my opinion mostly unadulterated. So I hope you appreciate that. I have, in fact, as we speak, on my podcast client on my phone, several podcasts that I've been dying to listen to and I have gone out of my way to not listen to because they all contain some reference to us. That's another incentive for me to do this podcast so I can enjoy listening to what other people think. But if you have any other information on the scissors or the red jumpsuits, let me know. 
And other tropes. There are other tropes as well, like the fetishization of the mask, something we see constantly in horror, in Halloween, Friday the 13th, Nightbreed. The list goes on forever, in fact, and I'll just stop now. Let's just say that there are many homages, references, and Easter eggs, so many that I can't even count, and I've probably forgotten half of them, but I've got to say, I enjoyed it. <laughs> so it does work on a fan service level as well. Though, I'm not sure people my age are the target audience. And as usual, although nostalgia is enjoyable, what's going to happen in 10 years when we look back to 2019 and... There's nothing to be nostalgic about in this year, because this year, people were being nostalgic about the 80s. I don't know. Perhaps, although they were an enjoyable, interesting time to look back on, they weren't perfect, and this might be the time to leave the 80s back in the 80s. But as far as this film goes, it did add to my enjoyment. And what else? Ah, yes. The influences. Now, I think Get Out seemed more influenced by the work of Wes Craven, whereas Us seems to me to be like the way Stephen King would have an original take on an old trope. For example, the way Stephen King takes something old and gives it a contemporary twist, like Vampires and Salem's Lot, or The Night Flyer. Jordan Peele seems to do the same thing here with the old, old, oldie, ye oldie, in fact, horror theme of doppelgangers. And I suppose it wouldn't be a stretch to say the zombie apocalypse as well. So, again, there are many things that, I was going to say students of the genre, that sounds a bit puffed up, that aficionados of horror and fans of 80s stuff will immediately get. And it's never derivative or pandering. It's all done quite lovingly by Jordan Peele. And because it is about things like doppelgangers... An identity, which I've talked about before quite badly in this podcast, didn't really form my thoughts quite well, possibly because it's a podcast and you can get nervous. I really love that kind of thing. I love horror that examines who you are now, who you could be, what you could become. All this stuff fascinates me, and it always has. I'm thinking of films that have also been made into movies, like Stephen King's The Dark Half definitely come to mind. It just feels that Jordan Peele is one of us. He's a fan. He can really feel that. I don't always feel that with all directors, despite the fact that they often say that they're fans. It's hard to tell sometimes. 
I can sit with the people who created Stranger Things and perhaps J.J. Abrams, so I don't know. Maybe I'm being petty about it, and maybe it's just me wanting to out-fan someone who's also a fan, which is something that I really don't like doing, and I get annoyed when other people do it to me. So, yeah. Maybe I should stop doing that, but I didn't feel that in Jordan Peele's case. Genuinely, all these homages and references left me with a quite warm, fuzzy feeling. One thing I can say that was very, very original is subverting such an iconic event like Hands Across America. I think that was a stroke of genius. Hands Across America is something so long ago, I can barely remember it myself. I had to wiki this, and apparently it was a charity event. I do remember what they actually did, but I couldn't remember why they did it, but that was it, charity. And what happened was people made a long, unbroken coast-to-coast line and held hands, which sounds... Incredibly dangerous and slightly unhygienic. But yeah, I thought using that in a horror film was brilliant. In every film, there's going to be one character that you favour above the others. And in this film, it was definitely the mildly obnoxious nerdy son who was my favourite character. I really should have looked up who the actor was, but I don't know who that was. But whoever played that kid did such a good job, and I really enjoyed that performance. The film is also funny, but not as funny as Get Out. On the other hand, Get Out was funny often in a very raw and uncomfortable way. The little bits that are funny in this film are less likely to make you squirm. So I've talked about lots of positive things about this film. Let's talk about some of the negatives. Oh, the foreshadowing horror. (laughs) There's too much foreshadowing. From the trailer, we already know that twins are going to feature in this somewhere. From the first important scene at the amusement park, we know it's about twins again. Even when we meet Elizabeth Moss's daughters, we know it's about twins. Come on, stop telling Roy it's about twins. I get it. Exposition. Oh, this is probably one of the biggest problems. My god. There is so much exposition. There's too much at the beginning, but then there's this overlong piece of exposition in a scene near the end that just goes on and on and on. It's insufferable. It could have been finished in two sentences. Because I don't have a blanket moratorium on any kind of exposition. Sometimes you need it in a film, but this could have been just so much shorter. Two sentences, I'm telling you. But it's not two sentences. It's reams of unneeded dialogue. 
What happened? I'm surprised Jordan Peele thought the audience needed this. It's unnecessary and it's jarring. Okay. Next, there is some hammy acting. And oh, I really hate to say this, especially, and this is where I feel a bit guilty about saying it, but what can I do? That's how I felt. Elizabeth Moss, there is a scene in which, and you'll know it when you see it, she really hams it up. And she does not sell it to me. I'm so sorry. And I have to wonder, Jordan Peele, you were directing. Why can't you direct her to do what you want or do another take? Or is this more the case that when you get a big star, you can't expect them to actually be directed in the movie you wrote and produced? Perish the thought that celebrities do their job. I mean, sometimes they don't even have to audition. Isn't Hollywood culture just great? Ah, This is why sometimes I think it's better to use less known actors. What is that about? It's a job like any other. If I get a job for anything from being a dustman to being the chairman of... I don't know, the Bank of England? I'm sure there's a job interview. But apparently not for Hollywood celebrities. Ah. Okay. A lot of positives and a few negatives. This film is very different from Get Out. I think it's more metaphorical and not really about race this time. Although, having a black family cast as a central protagonist is important and way too long in coming. The film is also a polished and original take on a very old subject, and is generally entertaining. What worries me is that here we have a really good new horror auteur, and I don't think it's an exaggeration to call him an author. And this author is not white, and that's big. The situation reminds me uncomfortably of M. Night Shyamalan. I know it's not fair to burden a creator with the expectations of everyone who feels excluded, but his presence is such a rarity. Specifically... A rarity in genre media that I cannot help but put all that burden on his shoulders. Still, after all that, after my mostly positives and a few negatives, I think this is undoubtedly a superior horror film. And that's all I really have to say about us. I know there are a few things that I've missed out and wouldn't have really occurred to me to say anything about. Unfortunately, I did see something on the web about the biblical references, but that also strikes me as something an American audience would have noticed more than I would have as a fairly unreligious person and unnoticing of 
religious aspects sometime. If you have anything that you want to add to this discussion, please get in contact. I'd enjoy hearing from you. And I suppose the next bit of Jordan Peele news is the news that everyone knows and is looking forward to. We have a release date for the new Twilight Zone, and that is the 1st of April, and I'm looking at my computer, and it is the 1st of April today. On CBS All Access, from the people who brought you Star Trek Discovery, and is going to be hosted by the guy whose film I just talked about. Surely we'll be mentioning the Twilight Zone in the next episode. As far as Doctor Who goes, I have not got anything lined up in the immediate future, but we'll see how that goes. I hope you enjoyed me waffling on about us, and now it's time for me to relax my very tired throat after doing two podcasts back-to-back. And I've got a lot of editing to do tomorrow. So hopefully I should be able to release those two episodes tomorrow. And that is it. This show is produced, presented, and edited by me, Roy Martha, a writer. Martha is spelt M-A-T-H-U-R... And I am currently a writer with a very sore throat. I've got to sip some of that 7-Up I said I would get in the last episode, and I have in front of me now. Hmm. Oh. I only wish 7-Up were paying me to say that. Uh, where were we? Yes. You can find more about me or get in touch at RoyMartha.com. For further reading, there's a link to the show notes in the description of this episode. If you want to help, please review and rate the show on whatever platform you listen and recommend it to a friend. They'll thank you for it. You were listening to Captain Roy's Rocket Radio Show, Crash, the UK podcast for the culture geek, technology nerd and creative wizard. This was episode 252, recorded on Monday, the 1st of April, 2019. And the time at the end of the show is 1.11.34. Thanks for listening, and bye-bye for now. Bye!